We're back, people. We got another episode going on. It's the Talking TV podcast. I'm Dom. That's Chris. I'm not doing the point of the fingers this time because I'm really sick of getting confused with these fucking camera directions. And uh, Chris, first off, before we hop into the today's topic, how you been, man? I've been good, dude. You know, just sort of going through the motions of yep. the day to day, trying yeah, to watch TV when I can. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I feel that struggle. I feel yeah, that struggle yeah. hard. Emphasis on when I can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it, it sucks because I literally went from being able to watch TV literally all day, every day, to only being able to watch it like for only like a few hours out of my day. And even then, I'm like, man, now I understand what like normal people have to deal with. Like this shit takes time, and I have to watch movies too. Like how does anybody in our? I'm like, wow. No wonder the only people who are able to watch this much content are the people in our space who do this for a job. You know. No wonder, like, half the shit, like, nobody is ever, half the shit that we've heard of, nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, ex- ex- that's exactly what it is. I, I, There's only so many hours in a day I'm learning lately. Yeah, and, seriously. Uh, it's it's very unfortunate. But, you exactly. know, Dom, thanks for asking. And, you know, not to be the rude one here. How, how have you been lately? Well, why would you asking me how I've been be make you the rude one? If I didn't ask, rather. Oh, okay. Know? Well, yeah, I, I mean, uh, like I like, said, damn, under- Dom asked Chris, but Chris didn't ask Dom. Okay. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know. I'm still adjusting to my new schedule. I'm four weeks in now, and oh my god, I I just realized that I there's a reason why I wanted to leave waking up at 5 a.m. behind uh, in my high school days, and now I have to do it again. And I uh, let me tell you something: five years is not as short an amount of time as I thought. And it, the, the, these waking up at 5 a.m., it's certainly starting to take a toll on me. So that's all <laughs> I'm going like to say it. as far as that goes. The job is whatever. It's a job. But it's mm-hmm. just I'm like, why it's does it have job. to be at 5 a.m.? I can do six. That's fine. That's easy for me. But five, I'm like, ugh. And it'd be one thing if it was like once in a while, but it's every day. It's like, right. Jesus, can I get a break? But I like the bit that... Uh, we started with about the whole watching TV thing and how there really isn't enough time in the day because people. So as you know, we started off this year, this very tumultuous, very all over the place, very, very depressing year, I would say, with a couple of top 10 lists that we did. We did our well, what's it called? I got together with my buddies, Adam and Brandon, missed those guys. We covered some of the we kind of broke down year by year some of the best movies of the last decade. Chris and I did our top 10 movies of last year. We also talked about all the A24 movies that we saw last year, which was an interesting batch to say the least. But one of my personal favorite top 10 lists that we kicked off the year with is our best TV shows. Because again, as we say, I am maybe the movie nerd, but that guy's sitting next to me as the TV nerd. And the, the, the show is called Talking TV after all. And it's funny because, Chris, I remember when we were first starting this show, and one of the biggest problems that we were having is... You you were just like, dude, if we're seeing a movie every weekend, where is there going to be time for TV? I'm like, I know, dude. And I was trying to come up with every other solution in the book to try and cover that. And I just, I didn't know what to do. And then Corona happened and everything got shut down. And we all of a sudden had a lot more time for TV. A lot more time. Like, a lot. <laughs> so, with that being said, I figured that, again, since this was kind of a slow week and we didn't really have kind of a lot to talk about, we didn't really have any new movies that we particularly wanted to talk about. You know, I shouldn't say that, kind of back up and preface. We were supposed to do another movie this week, but needless to say, because of both current events and because of our own things happening with our own schedule, we decided to not do that movie, which shall remain nameless. All I'm going to say is that if you're going to pay 30 bucks on a streaming service for a movie that's going to be free a month later, you're a moron on top yeah. of many other things. Happy to I'm glad you uh, 
I'm glad you said that because we actually can't say the name of this film because we literally can't. YouTube will YouTube will ban us. But I'm talking about the terribly disgusting Netflix film they just yeah. put out, yeah. which I hate them for eternally. And oh. that was not the movie in question. So not at all. I'm glad you put the very specific thirty dollar price tag on. I was it. It really really confused there for a second. It, I'm like, that's not what I'm talking about. God, why yeah. would you bring that up? No, I know. It just happens to be that like this week, every YouTuber is like talking about a Netflix movie that Thank shall not God. be named. And you went with the shall not be named reference. No, I literally just wanted went... to clarify okay. that. Okay, well, Thanks for <laughs> clarifying that. I think, the that. 30, I think the Disgusting $30 thing differentiated it. But anyways, that, that's going to leave people very confused. And that's good. But no, we're here not. to do something that was similar to something that I did last summer, only on the movie side of things. So for anybody who's not familiar with on my old channel, movie reviews, I did the Morgan J Freeman awards at the end of the, at the earlier this, this year, around the time when the Oscars happened in order to cover the best of the movies in last year. And as you guys know, I did something similar a couple weeks ago with the talking TV awards in order to honor the best in TV for this past TV season. But so, Last year, leading up to the Morgan J. Freeman Awards, me and the guys got together. We kind of did like almost this weird little halfway podcast where we kind of just talked about all the movies that we'd seen so far that year and basically broke down our noms. We were there for like three and a half hours. Needless to say, we don't have that much time today, but I wanted to do something similar to that today because, you know, again, this being the Corona year, we've there is that still has somehow not prevented us from being able to watch a bunch of new TV shows. So with that being said, Chris, are you ready to divulge to them finally what it is the topic that is today? Well, today we're sort of doing like a, a TV recap is, is what yeah. I would sort of call it. Like, like pretty much the best way I feel until like to, this to point in time it. right now, 2020 TV recap, specifically 2020. I mean, sure, there's old shows I've watched this year, like Curb Your Enthusiasm and stuff. But like, um, we're not talking about those today. We're talking yeah. about 2020 shows. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the funny thing is that I think Curb has a new season coming out, but I don't remember if that's this year or next year. But I know it hasn't come out yet. And this is going to be its mm -hmm. 11th season, which is insane to me. Insane, yeah. But uh, yeah, so basically the way that this show is going to work format wise is we're basically going to Chris and I have still watched a decent amount of TV shows, not as much as we would have liked to, because again, I'm just looking looking at my list of TV shows that I've watched this year just compared to last year alone. And it is like my, my list of TV shows from last year is like this long. And my list of TV shows from this year is like this long. So that, that should give you guys like a little bit of a visual reference there. But so basically we're going to break down some of the shows that we've seen because there are shows that I've seen that Chris has not. And there are shows that Chris has seen that I'm, that I have not. So what we're going to do is we're going to each break down the shows that we have seen individually, talk about them a little bit, you know, in order to fill that hour slot time. And then we're basically just going to run through and break down every TV show that we've seen so far this year, what we liked about it, what we might not have liked about it, and whether it stands a chance of making our top 10 at, at the beginning of next year's podcast. So without further ado, Chris, you want to get into this? Sure. Yeah. I mean, how do you want to start this, man? Uh, I figure we'll kind of, like I said, you you said it yourself. You have three shows that you've seen that I haven't. I have four shows that I've seen that you haven't. I'd say just... Not, do you want to bounce back and forth, or do you want to just go through them all at once? I think we could bounce back and forth. All right, cool. So in that case, you start off because you're the TV, you're the TV nerd. All right. Well, uh, I'm just gonna throw out there that the first show, and I don't have these. I mean, do you have yours ranked in any specific order? I don't have these or... ranked. This is more so of just like a loose freeform discussion. I have not. Yeah, exactly. Ranked them yet. Me too. So I mean, let's start off on a strong note. You know, Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one that we both seen. I thought we were doing individual ones. That we... Oh, okay. Sorry. You know, a lot of words were said there, and uh, yes, there were. It's a little confusing. Yeah, no. So for me, I guess there's just three shows that I've seen that Dom hasn't seen, to my knowledge. Uh, the first would be uh, Kim's Convenience season four. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, Kim's Convenience is a uh, a CBC show, Canadian broadcast channel show. It's uh, it's a comedy about Korean immigrants 
raising, uh, you know, first generation American kids who are around Dom and I's age and uh, sort of the, the meshing of values and them coming from, you know, an Eastern culture to a Western culture and sort of the ups and downs of, of being an immigrant parent in Toronto, Canada. And it's a sitcom. So, of course, you know, all hijinks ensue and it's really good. It's It's got such a charm to it. Um, Simu Lee is uh, going to be in one of the upcoming Marvel films as the lead and he is one of the staples of that show. He plays the older brother. And it, dude, the show is just like to say there's one main character is uh, would be um, sort of a, to take away from the rest of the cast. It's, it's truly a true ensemble cast and each character you kind of get to learn and grow with as they go along. And I think it's just an incredibly charming show. It's on Netflix, brought uh, distributed to the U.S. through Netflix rather. So, you know, check. It's got a few different deals worldwide. I was looking up for people out there. I say give it a shot. If you like sitcoms, if you like good family drama comedies, this this is for you. So. Yeah, you've talked about this show a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. You've tricked me a couple times into thinking that uh, that it was going to be a certain other CBC show. But uh, yeah, you've talked a lot about the show. And real quick, just remind me, the guy who was going to be playing, is he going to be the one that's playing Shang-Chi? That is correct. All right. Got it. Just wanted to make sure that yep. um, I got it right. Yeah, um, you, th that's literally the only thing that I can say is that you've talked a lot about the show. I've not seen a single frame of this, so I have no comments, unfortunately, to offer. So uh, yeah, next on your list of shows that I have not seen from this year. Oh, so if I'm going to keep going then. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't know if this counts as a show, but it was a three part special on Netflix called Middle Ditch and Schwartz, which is uh, an improv sketch. That counts. That ca that can, uh, if if like, SNL counts, that counts. Yeah. And it's getting renewed for another season. They're calling it season. So I guess it's a show, but really it's just, you know, Thomas Middleditch of Silicon Valley fame, amongst many other things, and Ben Schwartz of Parks and Rec fame, amongst many other things, sort of showing their improvisational skills chops i mean they're both ucb students and if you don't know what ucb is go and look it up it is a legendary sketch an improv comedy troupe uh, they have chapters all over the country and some of the biggest names come out of there and uh, these are some of the more recent bigger names as they're generally genuine generally younger guys and uh it's just it's absolutely hilarious just to see how talented they are and how they can weave storylines out of thin air because the thing about this thing that really impressed me is it's not just like randomness it's it's randomness but they're building a narrative and developing characters improvisationally on the spot and they reach a story climax and arc and endpoint and it's just really impressive and it's cool to see two actors that i very much so enjoy kind of showing a different side of their chops so would you say that this is kind of like a mix between like a stand-up special a sketch show a stand-up special and a sketch show because that's kind of the vibe that i was getting when I watched the trailers for this, I watched the trailers for this and I didn't really know what to expect. I just saw, oh, John Ralphio and uh, Richard from Silicon Valley. That's pretty much like all that Thomas Middleditch plays. And like, they're <laughs> just like, the Verizon guy. Yeah, well, that too. But yeah, even then, then I'm like, oh, Richard. But yeah. Uh, yeah, like, and I didn't really know what to make of it. And so that's kind of like why I'm like, and also, like I said, my thoughts on just anything comedy now aside. Um, but do you yeah, think that it would be something that I could get out of it is the question. I mean, yeah, if you if you want to see talented people do something that is very impressive, then, yeah, I think anyone who appreciates art, because I would call this avant-garde theater, to be completely honest with you, because there's no props. There is literally like when they are pretending to sit in a chair, they are squatting using muscles to like maintain that sitting in a chair thing. It is just completely free form. And it's kind of why I love podcasting is why I like this special, because it's no holds bars. Whatever the moment brings you to is where you go. So if you like that type of art form, 
yeah, like outside of the box type art form, then yeah, 100%. Check it out. Interesting. I'm not going to lie. This is not where I was expecting you to go. All right. And then your last one that you've seen that I have not? Yeah. So I actually have a. Uh, I actually have two more now. I forgot. So one is uh, Ricky Gervais's Afterlife, which I've I feel like I've spoken about a few times on the show. It's an awesome show. It's incredibly depressing. The, the log line is uh, Ricky Gervais's character sort of uh, is coping with his wife who recently passed away from cancer, and he's literally learning how to deal with life after her life. And uh, so it's sort of like through him failing to commit suicide, he realizes that it would have been terrible if he committed suicide because he goes on to like sort of help other people and. And also, of course, other obstacles come in his way. It's not all fun and games for Ricky Gervais after he overcomes this. It's so weird because it's so twisted and it's so dark, but it makes you feel so good. But it's terrible, like the scenarios and the things that happen to all of these characters. But it's just another one of those like family sort of interwoven because the characters become a family, but they're not genetically related. And it's like kind of like, an office or like a parks and rec type thing where like at the end of those seasons or even community, right? Like at the end of like the, the show, you're like, Oh man, I watched these guys grow and become like so much more than just friends in the study hall. And so it's got that type of sitcom charm to it that I think is like, if more eyes were on it, it would be talked about more, but you know, Netflix doesn't market anything. So whatever. At least you're starting to understand why I hate them so much, Netflix. But uh, yeah, for what you made it sound like, it sounds like a typical Ricky Gervais thing, which is that it's great and it's so naturally him, which is pretty much everything that he's ever done. Like, because that's the one thing I've learned to love about Ricky is that he does not let anyone tell him what to what what to make with his content. So yeah, yeah, he's the director, he's the producer, he's the writer. So it's a hundred percent a passion project. And then the last show. Is, uh, is a show by a comedian called Mae Martin. Uh, she put out an incredible show on Netflix this year. Six episodes, 23 minutes each. It's called Feel Good. And uh, dude, let me let me tell you, it is just absolutely phenomenal. It's I can't even explain it. It's like one of the greatest love stories I've I've literally ever seen in my entire life. So yeah, you told me a lot about this show, and it sounds like it's something right on my alley. Because, like I said, I've I've said multiple times that I'm not a fan of certain genres. I'm not a fan of rom coms or romance of any kind, unless it's coming of age teen, or unless it's British. Because pretty much anything British, I love. And I know that that show Fleabag, the Phoebe Waller Bridge show, got a lot of eyes on it last year. And so, did you hear anything about that show? Uh, like, like only because I'm the only reason why I'm asking is because you think that this show would like kind of compare to that show. Well, this show is an English show, and um, well, that was too. That's why I'm asking. I've never heard anything about that show. I will check it out. But the one last thing I want to add about Feel Good is that it's like one of those shows that makes you just want to like create something after watching it, which not many shows do. To me, at least, inspire me enough to want to like create something. That's just how moving it is, in my opinion. So that's impressive. Uh, yeah. All it's right, my number one show of the year so far. So all right, that's, alert. A, that's that's impressive. Yeah, uh, mine we'll get to because again, mine is another one that I know for a fact you have not seen. So those are your four. Which again, mm-hmm. you lied to me because you said it was only three, and I'm like, wait a minute. I I'm just like, had a show because you towards some love. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say. I'm like, because you said the first two, but then I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, you have that other British show in addition to Afterlife, which I knew you were going to give a shout out to. So you fooled me there. I lo- I like it when you do that though. So. <laughs> I like my like my lying uh, co-host have uh, four shows that I want to talk about. But again, I'm not going to talk about these shows for too long because I think that of these four, there's only one of them that I actually genuinely love. The other three, I came out of them and I had infinitely different mixed reactions. The first one is Hollywood, 
which is Ryan Murphy's first of his eight-picture deal that he signed with Netflix, which, again, Ryan Murphy basically made FX the household name that it is with shows like American Horror Story, People vs. O.J. Simpson, Feud, and a bunch of other uh, Pose, which I know he executive produced, and a bunch of others that I can't remember off the top of my head. And this is the latest in his installments on alternative history, um, LGBTQ relations in the U.S., and just his flair for the dramatic, as I like to say, because if there's one thing that I have likened to Ryan Murphy as a creator, it's that he loves to take nonsense and make it sound important. But this is weird because it's a little bit down the middle where it's taking the alternative history approach with looking at the golden age of Hollywood, but almost from like an alternative lens, kind of like what Quentin Tarantino did with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where it's like almost like a wish fulfillment phase where it's like, oh, this is what would have happened if like Hollywood wasn't notoriously race notoriously racist at the time. And the one thing I'll say is that it's not the best show that came out this year, but I thought it was entertaining. I'm very 50-50 hit or miss when it comes to Ryan Murphy stuff. Sometimes I really enjoy it. Sometimes I really can't not stand it. And this is one that was literally just right in the middle where I'm like, I enjoyed the lightness and the fluffiness of it, keeping in mind that I watched it in the right in the middle of when Corona was going on. I actually like the majority of the performances. Another Ryan Murphy thing that has got a tremendous cast. you got people like, like old school stars like uh, Patti Lapone, Holland Taylor, uh, Jim Parsons, Dylan McDermott. Um, what's, his, what's his name? Joe Mantello. Uh, Rob Reiner has a little cameo in this, along with a bunch of other new up-and-coming yeah. stars. Uh, Darren Chris, who is a um, Ryan Murphy regular. Samara Weaving. Um, what's her name from Spider-Man? Uh, Laura Harrier. Um, and then, but for me, the standout was easily the uh, the kid who played the writer in the show, Jeremy Pope, who actually just got an Emmy nomination for it, rightfully so. But uh, yeah, it's not the best show that I've seen, but it's a fun kind of waste of time, like turn your brain off kind of a show. And I hate using that term, but I find the, that I'm using it more and more. So after that, then the next show that I watched that I've surprisingly enjoyed a lot more than I thought it was going to is The Umbrella Academy Season 2 on Netflix. I talked Chris's ear off the other day about this show the other day, and it's so strange because to, it, I was in a really weird place because the whole reason why I didn't watch this show when it was on Netflix originally last year was because I thought that it was like a lot of other Netflix stuff. It was going to have a lot of Netflix tropes that I just could not stand, like the soap opera elements of it, the spending almost a majority, like 40 to 45 minutes of every episode's run just talking because they clearly don't have the budget to shoot any cool effects stuff. And then when the effects stuff does happen, it like lasts for like five minutes and they're doing everything they can to cut around it. Uh, so like CW on Netflix? Yeah, pretty like much. Which is like, like things like Sabrina pretty, and all that stuff? Pretty much. But the one thing that I will say that I think this show has over every other one of these types of shows on Netflix, again, it's a big reason why I started to get sick of the, of the Marvel Netflix shows after a time, is because this show, I think, actually has... A, it, has, it does have a sense of fun, which a lot of the other shows don't. And the characters are actually well thought out and interesting characters. I think they actually take what was a pretty straightforward set cut and dry premise from the first season. They actually kind of expand upon it. Like they time travel back to the sixties in this season. And they actually have a lot of fun with that premise. I think the jokes are funnier. I think the zaniness is even zanier. I think they do more with the kids powers. The basic elevator pitch that I give to somebody in order to pitch this to people is that it's basically X-Men. If the X-Men were like, if, if professor X were an, was an asshole and like basically kidnapped these kids as little kids and basically mentally scarred them growing up. And it really shows. I think the performances are better for the most part all around. I'm sometimes the biggest fan of all, all the actors Robert Sheehan with the show went from being my least favorite actor of 2018 to being the best part about the show which is still insane to me and again if you're a fan of this first season of this show I think you're gonna like this season even more so that's the Umbrella Academy my third show is on my block which is an adorable little show that 
again, is basically the equivalent of kind of those Disney Channel sitcoms that I grew up really enjoying. You know, your Shake It Ups, your Sweet Lives of Zack and Cody's, all that. But the big key difference is that this uh, show never once lost sight of kind of where it took place, which is that it is very clearly taking place in the hood suburbs of L.A. And it has a primarily minority cast with the entire cast is all African-American and Latino. And they have these kids are some what like some an incredible batch of young actors that they've gotten. It kind of kills me that they only talk about Stranger Things and not this batch of young actors because they really do a good job here. And this season is just yet another continuation of walking that walking a really fine line between like having some really goofy, zany, insane sitcom comedy, also having like some really awful, like tragic moments because there was a lot of gang and violence stuff that happens in the show and it does not hold back when it comes to that. So that's on my block. So those are three shows that, again, they were all fairly enjoyable. I was able to like kind of turn my brain off and enjoy all of them. But the number one show that, to me, is still my absolute favorite show of the year. It sucks that this show had to leave us, but it went on at the absolute highest of highs. And it kills me because this finale I watched like right around the time that the Clone Wars finale happened. And I was like, oh, god damn. Now we have two animated shows that are arguably like two of the greatest animated finales that I've seen. And this, as of right now, is still my favorite show. And it's, it's the last season of BoJack Horseman. They did... Uh, such a good job wrapping the show up, wrapping the arc of this insanely, um, this insanely uh, kind of very split down the middle, very morally gray, very all over the place, like hateable but also likable character. Um, the voiceover cast is still all great. Everything that you loved about the show is still there. They did with this show kind of what they did with the last season of Breaking Bad, the last season of Mad Men, last season of Sopranos, where they technically, it was, it's all one season, but they split it up into two parts. Part one aired in October of 2019, and then part two aired in, in uh, January of this year. So it's technically the last eight episodes of the show. And the thing that I always liked about this show, and the reason why, to me, I kind of hold this above your normal caliber of animated adult TV shows, which is that this show was never interested in just being a comedy and just delivering us the same types of jokes every single week. This show was actually interested in having a lot of depth, a lot of surprisingly deep and dark subject matter. It actually wanted to make a statement. It actually wanted to examine its characters over the course of these six seasons. And just if you're talking about BoJack as a character, the thing that made this last season so compelling is that BoJack throughout the entirety of the show has constantly found himself between a rock and a hard place and that every single time he's tried to make a change, something else has come up where he does something that prevents him from doing that. And it usually puts him a lot of steps back to the point where it's almost parroting the idea of the traditional sitcom, which is that whether these characters can actually grow and change, you know? But the thing that was so impressive to me about this season and technically the last season as well, the other, the first half of season six is that BoJack, this is the first time where you actually see BoJack taking steps to actually try and make some meaningful changes in his life. And to the point where it actually almost fools you into thinking that he does. Like the, by the time the season starts off, he's very well settled down. He's very much like planning to take on, go on to the next stage of his life and actually do something. But there are just those little things that are lurking in the background of his past that might not let him. And to me, I was saying how The Boys season one was the probably the best examination of the Me Too movement that I've seen. But this specifically the second half of this season takes it in a whole new light so that's all i'm going to say about it it's currently still my favorite tv show of the year it's the last season of bojack horseman easily so yeah i'm yeah. definitely gonna watch that by the time we do our top 10 dude official i'm telling i'm telling you, you you gotta get caught up on it like i mm -hmm. i didn't think i'm like ah, oh, i watched season four can i do it you know because i'd already had three seasons because i had all of season five in addition to the last season to catch up on and then by the time i did it i'm like okay i gotta get through this this is this is amazing so with that being said chris you ready to jump into our combined list now Let's do it. Yeah. All um, right. 
So you you started it off technically before we did the individuals, but I feel like again if we're just breaking it down in chronological order of all the shows that we've watched so far this year, we we, we kind of have to start it off with Clone Wars. I mean, yeah, that's where I was we gonna have go. to. That was where I was going to go. <laughs> it was the first big thing that we watched this year. We did two podcasts on it, covering the premiere and the finale. It's funny. I was actually just listening to that finale episode that we did the other day, and oh, really? oh man, I forgot what a great episode that was. Yeah, it holds and, up. Huh? Oh, it it holds up, and just like a fine wine. It's funny because the whole thing that I that I remember hearing is that a lot of people were saying, okay, we don't really care about the first eight episodes. It's those last four episodes that are really where the meat and potatoes of this season are. And I have to say that the more and more I think about it, I couldn't disagree more because you needed those first eight episodes. Specifically, again, if you had never watched a single episode of The Clone Wars, because this is both for new viewers of Clone Wars and returning viewers who had watched the original run of the show, that you kind of needed the first four episodes to establish, like kind of get you back into the world of Clone Wars with, with the clones and with Anakin. And then you need those second four episodes in order to re caught up with Ahsoka and kind of see her struggle that was going to lead her into her decisions in those last four episodes. And yeah, it was a really powerful season just for us as fans of Star Wars having come off of that, again, that movie that shall not be named because frankly, I'm sick of giving a name to it. Um, yeah, yeah, it was I just, it was, it, it was really refreshing and it was just an awesome way to kick off the year before Corona came in and ruined everything. Yeah, and you know, I was on the, uh, the side of, had only seen that season but at the time we covered it so you know if you guys a go back and listen to our episode you'll see that we have like that dichotomy that they were sort of marketing the show for it was very inviting as much as it was a conclusion to something that so many people had been invested in for such a long amount of time and i think that really is a testament to the writing and feloni understanding the characters and just servicing these characters in the way that just felt so natural and organic like giving every single one of these characters that whether you feel about the prequels a positive or a negative light you know in regards to the way Filoni treated them and, and gave them purpose and meaning behind every step and action they took I, I think you, you kind of left feeling way more fulfilled if even if you thought the prequels were great like me you left feeling way more fulfilled from these characters performances in, in eight episodes of an animated or 12 episodes of an animated show than you did with three feature length movies so yeah if you like star wars and you're afraid to check out this animated universe they have as much as i hate to say go get a disney plus subscription go get a disney plus subscription and check it out yeah and check out rebels too if you get a chance because i'm halfway through season two of that show still and that show while to me i still like clone wars better is still pretty impressive now it really sucks because as i look more and further and further down this list i gotta say I think Clone Wars might be the best one that we've covered, at least so far, for the ones that we've seen in its entirety. Because I mean, more and more, used I, it. we used it up now. I looked out this list and I'm like, God damn, this is. I know you said that like TV came to play this year, but I'm looking at this list and I'm like, Ugh, I've been I've sure been thinking about, about that? that statement. I, I don't are know where sure I can stand on that. that. Like, I mean, just because movies have been so pathetic that TV well, yeah. has been something like Clone yeah, Wars but, was brilliant. Uh, honestly, if I had to pick and choose, I think I gotta go with movies, and I'm not just saying that because of the movie or because I just as far as our next two entries go, look, we got Westworld season oh. three next, which. When this show, it's funny because when this show, when I saw the trailers for this show come out, I was like, okay, this seems to actually be taking the direction that I thought season two was going to be going in. This could actually be cool. We're finally actually seeing them interact with the human world. What are they going to do in the human world? You know, now that a couple of these robots come out, you know, I saw it was a drastically shortened cast, drastically shortened episode count, you know, and I'm like, and, and, and again, after having concluded the season, I have to say, because I'm going to try and give at least one positive thought to each and every one of these shows, mm -hmm. whether I like them or not is a different story, which is that, okay, at the very least, I think that the ideas that they were going for 
were pretty cool, you know, kind of showing how like the regular average humans aren't that different from the hosts as far as they're kind of just all pieces in like this one big mastermind's overall machine, you know, and kind of the illusions of the character of Ciroc to Dr. Ford and all that, all the ideas were there. The problem is the actual execution of it, because for eight episodes, Chris, I don't know if you can agree with me or not, but how the hell did this feel like more of a drag than the actual 10 episode seasons, which people actually complained were long and boring? I mean, listen, we love having frequent guest Patrick Huber on the show, but, but like, what was he smoking with this episode, with this season? I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. I still don't get it. I don't get it. And honestly, I don't ever, I mean, I guess we, we, we might cover season four, but it, it I'm never not, comes back, but I'm not, I'm not looking, looking forward, forward to, it. to it at all. Yeah. We just said that in tandem because that's how bad yeah, that's how is. in sync we are as far as our thoughts yeah. on this show. This show sucked next show. Yeah, it was really bad. Like, and, uh, here's the thing. I didn't like season two as much as the first season, but at the very least, I still regarded it as a good season of television. This was not that. Like, the production looked messy. The visuals were great, but the storytelling to back it up was all over the place. They completely misused certain characters, some very strange performances. I thought, again, I even said in the first episode that we covered I liked some of the newcomers. But again, just another tragic use of Aaron Paul. Like... And this thing that sucks is that they're clearly setting him up to, like, take over as the main character from Dolores. But, like, with what they gave for him, I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't give a shit about continuing to watch Aaron Paul in this show. Like, not at all. So, um, yeah. So, I don't know about you. I I just want to move on. Like, we we dedicated two episodes to that show. And it was two episodes too many. But as far as I'm concerned. But this episode, this season, again, it's a little bit of an interesting one because this next one, because it's one of those shows where this season kind of made me look back on the first two seasons of the show, which I would say for the most part, I enjoyed. I know you were not a big fan of it. And it's funny because there were people that I know that liked this show and people that I know that hated the show. But the funny thing is that the people who I was more, but would be more inclined to trust as far as viewing quality goes, were on the side of hating the show. And with this season, I started to notice some of the problems. And that is, and again, another third season that popped up. That is the third season of a very popular show that popped up in the last few years, that being Ozark, very famous Jason Bateman crime drama on Netflix. And it's funny because, again, just as far as my relationship with this season goes, because structure-wise, this season didn't give me anything that was necessarily different from the last two seasons. But for some reason, I just found myself way more bored with this season, way less invested in the struggles of the characters, this was very much so a background noise episode to the point where when we did our podcast episode on this, I was like, I feel like I have nothing else to say. Like, I legitimately can't talk this much about this season, you know? And so kind of, Chris, maybe you can clue me in as to like why that is, you know? Because like, 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 what, what, like, because I, I still, for the most part, I think, I don't know, but like, I still very much enjoyed the first two seasons of the show. So like, what is it about this third season that like, kind of like threw me off a bit, you know? I mean, I think that this third season if you liked the first two seasons of this show kind of for those of us who really had never cared for the show was just a great way to open your eyes to the fact that oh the show really is just spinning its wheels and it really is just like trying to just capitalize on that like need for another breaking bad type show and you know it, but it doesn't offer anything special. It's just, it's just going and it's going and they're not, it's not fulfilling, you know, it's not a yeah. fulfilling watch. You don't leave there feeling like the 10 hours you spent with each season was worth your time. In fact, you're like, man, I, I feel like I, uh, I just watched some schlock for like, you know, 30 hours of my life. Yeah. And I, I could have read a good mystery novel in, in half the time and, and gotten, you know, or like a, you know, like a drug running 
novel, I'm sure there's brilliant ones out there and, and gotten more value out of that or, or quite frankly watched another show in the or, similar yeah, or I was about there's to say so or just many... rewatch Breaking Bad. <laughs> but, I, but I think to answer your question, Bateman's character kind of really took a nosedive this season. Yeah, and, I agree with and that. And that's the way the, the writing went. You know, it was a little less about him and more about the family unit and them yeah. adapting. But I just don't think his supporting cast quite stepped up the I way agree. that they had to. So. And it's funny because there were characters in the supporting cast who, for the most part, I enjoyed the first two seasons and they just did do it for me. Like Wendy, I never really liked Wendy that much, but this is the season where she really started to show her true colors. Is like, oh, wow, you are just okay, you are just bad. So you're the one that's going to be bad news here, you know? And it's funny because Ruth. I, for the most part, I, th I thought she was a pretty compelling character the first couple seasons. Here, she started to annoy me. The kids, I think the only one of these characters that I actually enjoyed was the son, Jonah. Um, the brother character who they brought in, everyone loved him. I'm like, get this guy out of here. This guy's a terrible actor. I don't believe his accent for a second. This guy's awful. The one remaining, it's funny because they killed off. The pro I think the problem that I'm realizing is that they killed off to me three of the best characters on the last season, which that being the FBI guy. Um, Petty, which say what you will about him. That guy was a very interesting character, to say the least. Jacob, who, because it's Peter Mullen, and Peter Mullen's awesome. And Buddy, uh, who is the MV friggin' P of this show. And they killed all three of those characters off last season. So, like, what are you left with this season? You got the brother, who's lame. You got the Janet McTeer character, who apparently was so was so forgettable and so expendable that they literally just axed her off at the end of the season. And then the new kind of drug lord who they brought in to try and replace Dell from the first season, who was so awesome. He was such an awesome villain that they literally couldn't even keep him around for the rest of that first season. Right. So that was that. And yeah, that kind of just kind of shows the trajectory of where this show is going. And this next season is going to be the last. And the only thing that I have to say to that is thank freaking God, because at the very least, we don't have to wait for more seasons to trudge through after this next season so yeah that's our ozar conversation and yeah i think we can just leave it at that wow man go go check the replay we yeah. did a whole couple episodes on it unfortunately well bad. that one we only did one episode on thank god oh right we just did the because it's netflix, it's netflix. Binge them all. yeah right. but well the next one we we did one episode on but i'm really happy that we did this one because again this is giving again another shout out to our home area um another shout out to to me i would say an actual like an actually like really well thought out, and to me really introspective and thought-provoking type of a show which is what we usually expect from hbo but the interesting thing about this show is that i never knew i again everyone you, you couldn't go two feet in our area without hearing about the show they're like oh the new mark ruffalo hbo show the new it's like those two words mark ruffalo and hbo and that's all you needed but to me the third name that i kept looking for is i'm like okay well i have no idea who's doing this but when i found out that it was derek c in france the director of blue valentine and the place beyond the pines that opened my eyes and i was like oh okay so this is going to be something different and after I watched the first episode of the show, I was sold. And so the next show that we both watched, Chris, you were unfortunately unable to make the episode of this where we interviewed my friend Brandon who worked on the show, which is, I know this much is true. Again, shot right here in our hometown, our home area. And the more and more I think about it, I love this freaking show. I think the first half was significantly stronger than the second half. And I think the show ended on a little bit of a whimper, just a little bit. I think it was a little bit too emblematic of the third season of True Detective. But for what this show was kind of able to examine as far as mental health goes, as far as family lineage goes, it got a little bit, I feel like, long at points. I definitely felt like they, this is like a four-episode series that kind of got stretched out into six. But for my money, the great points of the show shined above all else, you know, namely and Ruffalo's performance and in the supporting cast. Um, again, a lot of really unexpectedly great performances that I was not expecting. You know, Rosie O'Donnell and Catherine Hahn, who are two actresses that I had not seen dramatic performances of this caliber from 
really, really impressed me. Again, it was it was cool spotting all the sites from our hometown. That I'm like, I know that location, I know that location, I know that location. But yeah, this is a really introspective show. Like you said, it was deep. It was very dark. It was very, very depressing. You know, like every other minute of this episode, it was like trying to pull something out of the woodwork where it's like, oh God, what's the next thing that's going to happen to these mm-hmm. guys, you know? But the thing I liked is that it never really became that show. It was always a show that was like, no, this is just the story, you know? And it kind of never got away from that, which is something that I really, really appreciated because so many shows now you see just kind of specifically with HBO fall into that gimmick of like, what is their mean catchphrase going to be? And this show never really fell into that for me, which I very, very, very much appreciate. Yeah. Um, you know, contrary to Dom guys, I uh, usually don't watch these types of shows because I find them quite hard to get through and, and honestly quite full of themselves, uh, especially with uh, messaging as heavy as this and, and with how slow paced they are. And, and I love slow paced, you know, dramedies, uh, dramas and all that type of stuff. I mean, I just told you guys earlier, my number one contender for show of the year this year is, is that is quite so that, um, and, uh, it's not, it's not very eventful to, to further elaborate. While I did say it was 23 minute episodes, they're heavy. Okay. And this show's heavy too, but it's a different kind of heavy, but there's a lot in there. That's good though. I think if, if you can get through this watch, which is a challenging watch and which I think strikes a chord with a lot of people personally, whether you, you know, people like this or people who have been through this or you yourself are going through something similar because uh, you know, as although it's not talked about as much in the forefront these days as, as other sort of like pressing social issues, uh, mental health is a big one still. And uh, so it's, if you can get through all that, cause it's heavy, it's, you know, and, and, uh, it's, it's a lot to sift through and you got to pay attention during this one as well. It's not one of those you can text every five minutes and, and look away. So if you're in for that and you can accept it for that and accept the pace, that's a little slower. And I would dare say a little more traditional of TV and a little less of the bells and whistles of the rapid pace that streaming and streaming has kind of changed our mentalities. And, and so if you can get your goldfish mentality a little bit out of the way here, and uh, and focus on something i think it's worth the watch and that's coming from someone who had to do that so just just being honest and, and letting everyone know that like it's going to be a little difficult especially if you're a product of this generation like dom and i but it's worth it so absolutely yeah and i, I like the goldfish metaphor there that was, that was a pretty accurate one there's a pretty uh interesting <laughs> one yeah people th- this is a great show again it's one of the most introspective and thought-provoking shows that i've seen so far this year and even though like i said it's not a perfect show to me but it comes as close to it as we can now mm-hmm. unfortunately we got to jump ship to the complete opposite end of the spectrum literally right back where we started again i was listening to this episode the other day and oh man this was a fun episode to record not a fun show to watch because oh man for again, the spiritual successor to the office in Parks and Rec, and clearly Netflix's attempt to capitalize on <laughs> on the force of the office. We unfortunately had to sit through what felt like ten hours when it was really only what like six hours, seven hours total, was it? Yeah. But it felt Too like much. that. Too, Too much. That's Space Force. Uh, again, Michael Schur and Steve Carell, because it's it, not Michael Schur, Greg Daniel and Steve Carell. Co. Co. There you go. Yeah, co-producing credit, co-creation credit on this in their very poor attempt to to go for more of a darker satirical edge while also mocking the current state of politics. I don't know what their problem was as far as like whether they just were too scared to go into the areas that they needed to in order for the show to work or if they just weren't smart enough to pull off the type of humor that the show uh, needed honestly, to work. I've been thinking about it a lot. What I think Yeah, me is- too. I want to hear your thoughts on it. I think what it is is that they thought they went so far into this rabbit hole, but really they're such a product 
with themselves so trained to only think what they're allowed to think and only say what they're allowed to say that what they thought was risky the rest of us people who you know don't just take one news article and take that for fact we go and read a bunch of different articles because we we know that everyone has their own bias and we need to formulate a very honest opinion if we want to truly honor anything we're like well you didn't do that at all you just yeah. kind of pandered they pandered is what yeah. i think it was not to mention the fact that we're, off, but, again yeah. we're no 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 you didn't cut me off which is that we're a generation that is literally inundated with the 24-hour news cycle especially now in the covid cycle so for mm -hmm. them to know that because again for them not to know that again just shows that they lack the common sense that is so very much missing from the office wonder why that show was such a success and it just shows that yeah they completely lack common sense in order to understand that, be, that you know, we as viewers are smart enough to understand when we are getting good satire and when we aren't. And so for this show to kind of not do everything it needed to do as far as do that in order to be anything less than great is just kind of sad, especially for the people who have watched The Office like 30 times over and are kind of craving the next show from these guys, you know, it's sad, you know, again, I've said it before. I'm not the biggest fan of the office as a very controversial Facebook post that I made a couple days ago <laughs> stated, and I'm much more so of a parks and rec guy than an office guy. But yeah, I was excited to see the next thing for these guys. You know, I like the cast. They have all another tremendous cast and for the, and yeah. And again, it's another show where all the pieces were there to be great, but it was just clearly lacking. Just like that one thing that it needed. And man, did it make this thing a chore to sit through, you know, like, I literally said under the podcast, I fell asleep during one of these episodes, and I should never, ever fall asleep during a Greg Daniel, Michael Schur show, you know? So, no, as far as, never. yeah, as far as that goes, yeah, let's, again, it really sucks because as far as I went down this list, I'm like, man, we did not have that as many good shows as we thought that we did this year. <laughs> but the good yeah, news is, is that- Chopping these shows apart. Yeah, well, the good thing is that these last three shows, at the very least, it looks like those were the last couple bad ones we had to talk about because these last three shows- Two of the three um, are not finished yet. We're about halfway through with each of these shows, but I think it's safe to say that these last three shows, you and I, we we loved these shows. We freaking loved all three of these last shows that we watched. And it sucks because the first show that we have, which hit like the first, the last weekend of July, the first weekend of August, we released this episode. And even though August was like our most successful month as far as episodes go, you know, we had our Being Spirited Away episode. We had our Legend of Korra episode, you know? We had we ended it with our Cobra Kai episode, you know, which and by the way are all on YouTube.com. All so on YouTube, TV. on talking TV, <laughs> and then we released this episode first, and we figured it would be hot, and nobody talked about or even watched the show. And we're like, what is wrong with you people? Did those Michael right. Bay movies just burn you like that badly that you just don't want to give anything Transformers a chance, or was it again? Like I can so easily blame it on Netflix where they just didn't market this. And because it wasn't like a big enough thing that people were talking about, like nobody knew about it because I'm talking about Transformers War for Cybertron chapter one siege. Granted, it probably didn't help that the title is that long, but Chris, this show, we both watched it. Our reaction was pretty much the same. And we're like, whoa, Transformers is back. This is like the next stage as far as like specifically yeah. Transformers storytelling goes. But it was also super fascinating in the sense of like, because it was creating like this almost like this new sense of anime. Because it, I think they touted it as like an anime show. I think this is what it was classified of Netflix officially classified it under. And it was just able to take these Transformers characters that we've grown up with, that we've known so well, and take these stories that we're for the most part very familiar with and just take it and flesh it out in so many new and interesting directions you know like i was for six episodes i felt like i got an entire theatrical movie experience and i was completely amazed i watched it all in one day the episodes were like 20 to 21 minutes each and man 
I could have taken like another like two hours of this. You know, we've got two more seasons coming up, which if, if what they said about what they're going to do in these next two seasons is anything to be like to talk about. Oh, man, it's it's going to be nuts, to say the least. Yeah, the show brought me back to uh, something I spent a lot of my childhood watching, which was the original Transformers cartoons. I have the VHSs up on my shelf, showing them on the the camera before and uh i, I love the transformers man i mean i wasn't the biggest michael bay guy but i enjoyed them in the television format for quite a bit of my uh, upbringing as a kid and, and also in the video game format they really crossed over well there and it was the classic transformers you know like the cybertronian the true origin of energon and all that stuff and we got that in this and it was really cool like i love transformers when there's no humans around the most because i feel like that's when they are just obviously them more so than them the best transformers property i'd agree with that and that and they're not tiptoeing around to killing humans every five steps because quite frankly that could happen yeah and so it's beautiful it's great and not i don't know why anyone watches this and you know what i will blame netflix netflix sucks and that's probably why thank you at the very least i finally (laughs) made you understand that netflix is oh i get it trust me but yeah no this this was absolutely amazing for anyone that hasn't watched this show yet i'd absolutely recommend going and watching it it's awesome it's super dark for a kid show they actually get into the meat and the grit of what transformers is at its heart which is robots brutally killing each other and who doesn't like watching that so with that being said chris these last two shows that i have on the list unless you have something else that i was completely unaware of uh it's funny because again these shows Mm -hmm. are not completely finished but we're about halfway through each of them you know you've actually got another recap that you've got by the time this episode comes out it will have been completed for episode five of this one show you know and i feel like we can kind of talk about them in tangentials you know because i think i've noticed for the rest of the tv shows that are coming out for the rest of the years they're kind of like blocking them off and putting them together you know i don't know if that's because disney owns everything you know but i noticed that like the boys it seems to be running simultaneously with lovecraft country and then by the time fargo season four and the mandalorian come back those two are going to kind of be running simultaneously like bookending the week so i just find it interesting that the programs are doing that but yeah the last two shows that we're talking about are Lovecraft Country on HBO and The Boys Season 2 on Amazon. I feel like we don't really need to talk too much about these shows because, again, you're doing a solo recap week by week on this. We've already done our episode covering the first three episodes of The Boys. In four more weeks, we will be covering the finale of The Boys Season 2. But all I have to say on this is, well, first off, The Boys is everything that I wanted from Season 2 and more as far as, like, upping the ante, upping the ridiculousness, upping the hype factor, upping just how messed up and how continuously, like, fucked up and awful most of these characters are and just the shenanigans that they as and just how far they can go as far as deconstructing our love of superheroes and as for lovecraft country it's funny because i'm five episodes into this show so far there are five episodes left and i don't hate it but i also don't love it probably as much as i feel like i should and the reason why and i'm gonna be very coy about this because we're gonna see where i am in five weeks when the show ends is because i feel like I like the individual nature of each episode, how each episode feels like its own self-contained thing. The problem is I don't know how good of a job it does as far as being part of a greater of the greater whole of the season, which is something that, for the most part, HBO has always done really well. Like You saw it lap just a couple months ago with Watchmen, or Watchmen, to me, the brilliance of that show was that each episode felt like its own like crazy movie while also being a really great part of the whole, you know? It's kind of like what HBO has like, kind of made their trademark is that you're getting a movie a week, you know? And then when you watch it all together, it makes this spectacular viewing experience and i'm only halfway through so i can't comment on it fully but i don't know necessarily how it's going to factor into the whole you know as much yeah you know i've been having a blast sort of like really dissecting this show 
and it's the first of many of these week-to-week dissections that we're going to be doing, bringing guests on, getting a bunch of different people's opinions, and where you're going is kind of the general consensus from everyone, whether they uh, articulated it in the same way you did or not. There, there is a bit of trepidation around all this, and I just have to wonder if it's, you know, the show being such a young uh, creative team behind it. Sure, you yes, have the guidance of Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams, but the showrunner, this is really her first true outing, and I think she's doing a phenomenal job, but it's a little messy. And so if you want to, if you want, I don't want to say too much because like I got to cover it week to week and there's only so much you can say about this type of stuff. So I want to save the real meat and potatoes for the series we're doing here on the channel. Week to week breakdowns, thoughts, comments, feedbacks, whatever buzzwords you want to put on it of Lovecraft Country. But I think I'm having more fun analyzing it than I am watching it. And I'll leave it at that. That makes a lot of sense. And it actually kind of goes into kind of a little bit of my problem, with it, which again, I don't hate the show. It's not a bad show at all, but the amateurish angle really does kind of show. And I'm sorry, dude, but if you believe for one second that JJ Abrams showed up a single day on set outside of like the preconception <laughs> meeting, you're kidding yourself. Come on, yeah, man. You, 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 haven't, concept, learned, you sure. haven't learned from Lost by now. Come on. Now, yeah, or Westworld. Or Westworld, yeah. exactly. Which, yeah, exactly. You basically just made my point. Um, Are, are you kidding me? Yeah, Jonathan Nolan directed the pilot. JJ was never anywhere near that show. That's just a bad robot production so he automatically gets credit on it so the actually we, we actually ran through those shows a lot quicker than i thought we would only because again it's just well, the shows that we have to deal with because this is COVID. so with the boys i would just say oh yeah i'm loving it so far it gives me something to look forward to on a friday and i hope you guys will join us when we cover the finale in a few yes, weeks it's about it it's good i don't want to spoil be... anything because it's like one of the few shining uh you know silver linings we have this year as far as content goes yeah, so. definitely. Oh man, I'm looking forward to that finale, dude. Uh yeah, my thoughts on oh, yeah, the last but, um, episode I, aside. I did leave one thing out earlier. Um, I also watched Dave on uh Hulu. Yes, and okay, I, I there we go. I'm actually glad that you really brought it up. Yeah, because that's actually on my list of shows that I have yet to finish. I was actually gonna give a quick shout out to some shows that I had oh, yet yeah, to go finish and some shows that had to release it. So in our last 10 minutes, so I still have to finish these shows. Devs on FX and Hulu, Dave, the little dicky show. Is it Lil Dicky or Little Dicky? Uh Lil. Because he's okay. a rapper, yeah, but I mean, that rapper. means a little. Yeah, so whatever. It, it's weird. The, yeah, the, the sites that I watched on kind of screwed me over as far as that show goes, <laughs> but I still really right. want to finish it. I've heard that it's great. Um, The Eddie, which is the show on Netflix uh, starring Andre Holland. Um, I didn't realize it when I first started watching it, but it's from the same creators as Skins, one of my favorite shows, so it has a similar setup format there. And Homecoming, the second season on Amazon. I really, really enjoyed the first season, which starred Julia Roberts. The second season, this new season, stars um Janelle Monet. And the first episode was really intriguing, and it seemed to create bring back a lot of the feel that I had as far as the first season goes, so I just hope that this season can deliver as far as that went. It's a shorter season. Now, as far as shows to look forward to, that we will have definitely, we will have covered for um, most definitely two out of these shows that, um, what's it called, that I'm about to say, and I will personally be watching a couple more of these shows. So this coming Friday, actually, two days after this episode is released, you've got Ryan Murphy's next big thing that he's putting out on Netflix, Ratchet, starring Sarah Paulson, which is the prequel series about the origin of the Nurse Ratchet character from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Then you have Small Axe, which is Steve McQueen's new show that's coming out on Amazon. I believe it's a BBC production starring John Boyega and Letitia Wright about, I think it covers like the British side of what happened during the Jim Crow era 
in England. So that's going to be really fascinating to see. Um, Fargo season four, which I'm very, very happy that we're getting this year. I love Fargo. Fargo has probably been one of my favorite shows of this past decade. And the fact that we're getting this, it's another period piece similar to how season two was. Chris Rock is the star of this. And I think he is going to be absolutely phenomenal. This is going to be another season that's got a tremendous cast. And it's probably going to be full of even more zany shenanigans, even more really weird, dry humor, and even more violence than the first three seasons did. Obviously, the big one, the big one, which can I officially announce it now? Because we kind of been hinting at it and I kind of spoiled at it. But can we officially announce it now? Because like this is our TV episode. Do it. <laughs> I'm glad that you understood what I was talking about without even knowing a single thing. No, uh, the Mandalorian season two, guys, similar to what Chris has been doing with Lovecraft Country. We will be covering and it'll be the both of us this time, not just him. We will be covering every Friday night. Make sure you keep that Friday night in place of our watch alongs, because this is going to come right after our event that we have coming up in Halloween, which you guys will find out later on. Oh, yeah. So starting on sooner than later. So starting on Friday, October 30th, with the debut of the first episode of The Mandalorian Season 2, we will be covering each episode in a recap week to week. We will be going through what we liked, what we didn't like, whether Chris is still pissed about the show because it might continue to be the procedural that he hated about it in the first season. We're going to find out. But tune in. It's going to be on Friday nights, only here on Talking TV. Yeah. It's our Mandalorian cover show we still have to come up with a cool title for that because i really like lovecraft corner for your show so That's yeah we're gonna be you doing know what that. i will say we're gonna have a lot of free time this winter it's looking like yes so we are so deep on oh I'm, I'm prepared dude i'm prepared because like i said it's we're busy right now but that can all change come the winter and like i said we got a lot more projects coming up and the last show that i wanted to give a shout out to real quick is um his dark materials season two which i'm really glad that of all the shows that got pushed back this show is coming back the first season it wasn't the greatest show but as far as an adaptation of a book series that i very much enjoyed that thank god didn't go to netflix i very very much enjoyed it they kind of took the british edge with it the cg was actually really impressive and for any fan of the trilogy of books that this is based on that being the trilogy of books also called his dark materials the first book the golden compass was adapted into a movie back in 2007 but this first that first season that came out last year was an eight episode adaptation of that first book um and this new upcoming season season two i assume will be an adaptation of the second book in the trilogy that being the subtle knife which i'm actually currently reading in preparation for the show so that will also be something that i'm very much looking forward to chris do you have any other shows that you want to talk about or other shows that you are looking forward to as far as the rest of the year goes um, I just forgot to say that uh, Altered Carbon season two on Netflix, uh, pretty pretty big letdown. So yeah, another one, man. Oh, this is gonna be an interesting top ten, but but it might end up being a top five. But who knows? Might, <laughs> um, yeah. So with that being said, uh, that was it. That was that was all the TV that we've seen so far this year. That was a lot shorter of an episode than I thought it was going to be, mostly because every ranked list that we did before this was like an hour and a half long, and this one we were only here for 53 minutes so hey yeah, well. if you guys haven't watched most of these shows you're clearly doing yourself a favor because we were just gluttons for punishment and also like just had to deal with what we got this year as far as tv went so yeah but, but you know also i'd like to ask the audience if if you watch these shows and you like them a what did you like about it and b are you going to watch the next seasons and also what did we miss yeah what did, what what did you, you guys watch get from that these we shows that we missed Seriously, oh, what yeah, do people too. love about this season of Ozark? I don't get it. I yeah. really don't get it. And, and also, what did you watch that we didn't? Because these yeah, aren't the only shows that. that came out this yeah, year. We are but. Guys, we are always looking for new content to watch. As you can see in the title, we are the Talkin' TV podcast. Not the Talkin' Movies podcast like I originally wanted it to be. And yeah, like I said, it's again, this year was a very slim pickings as far as content went. We kind of had to go with what we could. 
And yeah, whatever suggestions you guys have, we are more than willing to go for it. Assuming that we have time, you know, we don't, we don't have that many more shows that we're going to watch for the rest of the year. So yeah, whatever suggestions you have, throw them in the comment section below. We'd love to hear them. And if you wanted to let us know on social media, where can, where can they do that, Dom? They can do that on Facebook and Instagram at Talkin TV No G Podcast. At Talkin TV Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Guys, we put up new content on our YouTube channel, which is just Talkin TV. Make sure you include that apostrophe. It's very important. No G, because the YouTube algorithm will probably send you someplace else. And we don't want that because we love you guys. And we're always looking for new people to join our ever-growing community. Guys, the year of 2020 is winding down. Thank fucking God this year is almost over. That's all I have to say there. And as always, we are always growing. We are always adding new things to our show. We've got a lot of things still planned for the rest of the year. we got a big event. That we're still going to wait in order to tease just a little bit because we got to wait for the uh, things to get a little spookier in the air is all I'm going to say. We've got a Mandalorian recap series. I've been taking a break these last couple of weeks from the top 10 list, but I've got a few more top 10 lists that I want to put out before the end of the year. Chris has definitely got some more solo content. I know somebody's got a Star Wars related no NPCs episode coming up on the horizon. And also, also... I'm definitely getting Ian back because if that Mortal Kombat watch along showed anything, it's that you and Ian, when you two go head to head on Microsoft versus Sony, is going to be even better than that oh, goddamn yeah. South Park episode. It's yeah, going to be great. And uh, yeah, keep coming back because we love you guys and we love having new fans because it's great. It validates us, I feel like, for many different reasons. Subscribe, hit the little subscribe button, hit the bell next to it. That way you get notified every time we put up new content on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And Chris, yeah. do you have anything you want to leave the people with? Just a, a simple thank you. We appreciate it a lot. And it's a lot of fun doing this show. And we've been pretty stretched thin lately, but we're still making it happen because you guys are making it happen for us. So we appreciate being a part of this uh, this relationship we have. And uh, if you guys are a part of this relationship, you do know that there is one and only one way that we like to end this show here. So I'm going to turn it over to my co-host, my main man, Dom, a.k.a. the movie nerd Rizzy. Dom, do you have a final message to leave the people with here today? Watch more fucking movies and TV, people. We out.